Lesson number 84, Surah Al-An'am, ayah number 111 to 127. Walau and if, annana, indeed we, nazzalna, we sent down, ilayhim to them, al-mala'ikata, the angels. If we sent down to them angels, to who? In the previous ayah, what did we learn? At the end of the seventh juz, we learned that those people who refuse to disbelieve, then no matter what miracle, no matter what proof, no matter what evidence they see, are they going to believe then? Are they going to believe then? No, they're not going to believe. Why? Because once you refuse something, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give you the ability to say yes to it. So over here, their stubbornness in their disbelief is being mentioned. That how stubborn, how firm are they in their disbelief that if we were to send down on them angels from the sky, and what would these angels do? Present themselves. Meaning literally those people would see the angels as the Prophet ﷺ saw the angel Jibreel. Would they still believe? No, they won't. وَكَلَّمَهُمْ And he spoke to them. Who? الْمَوْتَى The dead ones. Plural of the word. What's the singular of the word? Mauta? Mayit. The dead spoke to them. Meaning the dead came out of their graves. Imagine a dead person coming out of his grave and telling someone, believe in Muhammad ﷺ because he is indeed the messenger of Allah. Likewise, the angels coming down from the sky telling the people, believe in Muhammad ﷺ because he is the messenger of Allah. If the angels were to tell them, and the dead spoke to them, وَحَشَرْنَا And we gathered عَلَيْهِمْ upon them, كُلَّ Every shayin thing. We gathered upon them everything. قُبُلَا The word قُبُل has two meanings. Firstly, it means in front. Meaning everything was gathered before them. You know like قَبُل means before. So everything was gathered before them. So all creatures, everything is in front of them. Telling them what? Believe in Muhammad ﷺ because he is indeed the messenger of Allah. And the word qabul is also understood as the plural of the word qabil. What comes to your mind when you hear the word qabil? Qabil. What comes to your mind? Hmm? Tribe. The word qabila comes to mind, right? Qabil, qabila, very similar. So qabil is a group. So, وَحَشَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ قُبُلًا That we gathered before them everything in groups. So a group of lions, a group of people, a group of elephants, a group of different, different creatures coming in front of them, telling them what? This very thing, that believe in Muhammad ﷺ because he is a messenger of Allah. What does Allah say? مَا not كَانُوا They were لِيُؤْمِنُوا That they believe. They would still not believe. إِلَّا except on that Yasha Allah, Allah wills. Meaning if Allah wills, if Allah allows them to believe, then yes, they will believe. Otherwise, these people are so firm in their disbelief that no matter what evidence they see, no matter what miracle they see, no matter who tells them to believe in Muhammad wasallam, they're not going to believe. Think about it. If someone who is knowledgeable, who is respectable in the community, who is known for his wisdom, if he does something, other people, would they not follow him? Would they not follow him? Yes, they will. And if he tells people, do this, would they not listen to him? Yes, they would. Why? Because majority of the people, what is their state? They are 
followers. Hmm? Now, in Mecca, who embraced Islam? Amongst the influential people, there were many who embraced Islam. For example, Umar radiallahu anhu. He was one of those few people in Mecca who could read and write. But even though he believed, did the rest of the people follow him? No. One day they respected him, they feared him, they were so afraid of him, and the next day they were coming out against him to oppose him. Just like that, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Hamza radiallahu anhu, was he influential? Yes. He was one of the strongest men of Mecca. He was one of the bravest men of Mecca. He became Muslim, but yet the people did not follow him. So what does it show them? That it doesn't matter who tells them to believe. It doesn't matter who explains, clarifies the truth to them. It doesn't matter what evidence they see. These people are not going to believe. Why? Because they have made up their mind, they're going to remain upon their disbelief. And when someone becomes stubborn, he becomes firm on his ways, then no matter who tells them anything, no matter what they see, no matter what proofs they are given, do they change? Do they accept? No, they're not going to. So at the end of the day, we see that many people, they blame Allah. That so and so doesn't want to listen because Allah is not giving him the ability. And in this ayah also Allah says, they're not going to believe until Allah wants. But the reality is that Allah allows who to believe? Allah facilitates who to believe? The one who wants to believe himself. The one who wants to bring a change in himself, then Allah will help him. Allah will show him the way. Because this is the rule of this dunya. This is the natural law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made in this dunya. That whatever a person strives for, that is what he gets. And if a person doesn't want it, then no matter what he is shown, no matter how he is convinced, it doesn't matter. In the Qur'an we learn, وَأَلَّيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى There is nothing for the human being except that which he strives for. And striving is a result of what? Intention. It's a result of desire. It's a result of wanting something. So if these people do not want hidayah themselves, then can it be forced in on them? No, it cannot be. إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ Allah. But yes, Allah still has the power to force it upon them. But that's not the way of Allah. He doesn't force people to become believers. He doesn't force them to accept the religion. وَلَكِنَّ بَتْ أَكْثَرَهُمْ Most of them يَجْهَلُونَ They are ignorant. يَجْهَلُونَ From جِيم هَلَام جَهَل is ignorance. Meaning majority of the people, what is their state? That they are behaving ignorantly. How are they behaving ignorantly? That they keep demanding from the Prophet ﷺ, show us this miracle, we will believe. Show us this evidence, we will believe. But if they had to believe, they would have believed when they saw the moon split. Did that miracle not happen? Yes, it did. They even saw the moon split. But what did they say? Magic. This man has enchanted our eyes. This is why we are looking at the moon as though it has split. But in reality, it has not split. He has affected our eyes. His magic has affected our eyes. So they came up with one excuse after the other. So basically in this ayah, the Prophet ﷺ is being comforted. That it's not your fault. It's not your fault at all. You are conveying the message correctly. And the problem is with who? With these people. Because they kept on demanding miracles. 
And the Prophet ﷺ and the believers, they wanted that at least some miracle should be shown. Perhaps they will believe. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making it clear here that no, these people are not going to believe. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 96-97, we learn, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ حَقَّتْ عَلَيْهِمْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ وَلَوْ جَاءَتْهُمْ كُلُّ آيَةٍ حَتَّى يَرَوُ الْعَذَابَ الْأَلِيمِ Indeed, those upon whom the word of your Lord has come into effect, they're not going to believe. Even if every sign should come to them, until they see the painful punishment. Think about Fir'aun. Think about Fir'aun. What did he say to Musa a.s.? That show us some proof that you are a messenger. Did Musa a.s. show him some proof? Did he? What did he show? What did he show? His stick, when he threw it, it turned into a snake. What else did he show? Yes. His hand, when he put it under his arm, it came out glowing. Okay. What did Fir'aun say? This is magic. We can show you better magic. Okay. So what happened? Musa a.s. said, sure. So they agreed at a time and a place. Announcements were made. The best of Fir'aun's magicians were called. And what did they do? They showed their magic. They threw their sticks and their robes. They all turned into snakes. Musa a.s. he threw one stick. It turned into a huge, gigantic snake which swallowed all of their little snakes. At that time, what happened? All of the magicians, they said, this is not magic. This is something else. This man is not a magician. He is really what he's saying he is. So they said, we believe in Musa, we believe in his Lord, we believe in the Lord of Harun. They surrendered immediately. Now Fir'aun, when he saw that, was that not a clear sign? Who can tell you about magic? That whether it is magic or not? A magician. All those magicians were saying, this is not magic. But still, did he follow them? Did he follow their way? No. What did he do instead? He had them all killed. He had them all killed. Then what happened? One punishment after the other was sent upon Fir'aun. Every time a punishment was sent, whether it was the floods or it was the famine, or it was the various creatures, you know that basically all over their houses, their lands, their bodies even, for example, frogs and lice, and the list goes on. Every time something like that happened, what did Fir'aun say? He went to Musa a.s. and he said, Ask your Lord to remove this from us and we will believe. Musa a.s. would make dua. The punishment would be lifted. Would Fir'aun believe? No. Then what happened? Musa a.s. was told, Take the Bani Israel. Leave. They left. The sea was split. Right? And Fir'aun, he followed them. He saw the sea split open. Even that did not make him believe. But when did he believe eventually? When he was drowning. That's exactly what Allah says. حَتَّى يَرَوُ الْعَذَابَ الْأَلِيمِ Until they see the painful punishment. When they see that, then they believe, then they surrender. But at that time, that belief is useless. So it's not that the truth is not clear. It's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not explained the haqq and the batil to us. No. It's not that the signs and evidences are not present. No, they are present, like we discussed yesterday, all over, within you, around you. And the one who's seeking the truth, he finds it. But the one who's not seeking the truth, then what happens? He will make one excuse after the other. Let me relate this to your life. If there's someone who's told, please iron this for me. And they don't want to iron. 
What will they say? Oh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to iron clothes. Okay. They'll say, okay, I'll teach you. I'll show you how to do it. Oh, I don't think we have an iron. I think it's broken. Okay, let's go get one. No, but I'm too busy. I have an extra one. Okay, but my hand's hurting. Hmm? One excuse after the other. Correct? This is what people do. When do they do this? When they don't want to do what they're told to. So just like that, the truth is clear. They don't like it. They don't want to accept it. They find it hard. They find it boring. And this is why they say, this is not true. It doesn't make any sense to us. Show us some evidence. Show us some proof. Then we'll believe. But even though the greatest of miracles are shown, they're not going to believe. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here, that even if the angels came down, and the dead spoke to them, and every group of creatures was brought before them, and every group of creatures told them, this is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Allah, still these people are not going to believe. So just realize that these people are behaving ignorantly. So don't take their demands seriously. You know, like if a person is ignorant, you don't take their demands, their excuses seriously. وَكَذَلِكَ And thus, جَعَلْنَا We made لِكُلِّ For every نَبِيٍ Prophet. We made for every Prophet who one enemy. Meaning every Prophet of Allah had enemies. Look at the word جَعَلْنَا. It's as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused people to become enemies to His Prophets. It seems as though Allah is working against His Prophet. No, that's not what it means. What it means is that there were people who became enemies to the Prophets and Allah allowed that to happen. Because in this world, Allah allows good to exist and evil to exist. Why? Because this is not Jannah. This is dunya. It is imperfect. And this is the place of test. That who recognizes the good and who recognizes the evil. Who follows the good and who follows the evil. So we made for every prophet enemies. Which kind of enemies? Shayateen al-insi wal-jinn. Devils from mankind and the jinn. Now in this ayah again, the Prophet ﷺ is being comforted that every messenger of Allah had enemies. And the fact is that every person who calls to the truth Every person who says something good, every person who wants to do good, who does good, who invites people to good, then what happens? He will definitely face some kind of opposition. Do you agree with this? Do you agree with this? Yes, this is very true. We see that, for example, every prophet of Allah had opponents. Right? You look at the great scholars of Islam in the past. Did they face opposition? Did they face opposition? Yes, they did. Some of the scholars, they were imprisoned up to 10 times in their life. Up to 10 times in their life, they were imprisoned. They were physically abused, tortured in public. Imam Malik, imagine, so soon after the Prophet ﷺ, a scholar of Medina, he was physically punished. Why? Because of an opinion that he held. Because of an opinion that he held, he was punished brutally, so much so that his shoulders came off, he couldn't lift them up in salah. Just imagine. So this is true. Every person who says the truth, who wants to practice the truth, who wants to spread that truth, he will face opposition. And even today we see that. 
at a very small level. That if a person wants to pray salah, because it is time to pray, then do they face opposition? Yes. There will be people who will not cooperate with them at all. They will not allow them to pray at that time. They will not allow them to pray where they are. Isn't it so? There are times when a person wants to get out of haram, but others will not accept that. They will never cooperate with them. So remember that truth always brings what? Difficulty. Now this doesn't mean that you leave it. This doesn't mean that you leave it. It's just the natural way. You know, positive, what does it attract? Negative. Correct? So the truth will always invite opposition. Because sometimes it happens that we're doing something right and we see that the entire family is against us. Or all of our friends are against us. You say something that, by the way, you should only eat that meat which was slaughtered in the name of Allah. And all of your friends turn against you. You're like, what happened? I just had one statement and all of you are against me. And it happens sometimes that you say one thing that you read in the Qur'an, one hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and it's as though you threw a bomb. There's so much reaction. There's so much opposition. And you wonder, what went wrong? Did I make a mistake? Did I say something wrong? And then you start doubting yourself as well. So what do we learn over here? That every prophet had Opponents had enemies. The Prophet ﷺ is told that if you are being opposed by your people today, this is not something new. This is normal. And the same message is for us. That if we are opposed today for what we believe, for what we practice, for what we say, that doesn't necessarily mean that what we're doing is wrong. If it's according to the book of Allah, if it is according to the religion of Allah, then it is true. And the opposition... Yes, it's there, but it should not make us leave what we believe in. So, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍ عَدُوًّا And these enemies were who? Shayateen, devils, plural of shaytan. Shayateen al-ins, al-ins, human being, wal-jinn and jinn. Meaning, who were the enemies? There were devils, and these devils, some of them human beings, and some of them jinn. What does this mean then? That the word shaitan doesn't just apply to iblis. Okay? There isn't just one Satan. There isn't just one shaitan. Alright? And shaitan is not necessarily jinn only. Shaitan is who? Shaitan is basically every disobedient and rebellious one. Meaning every being that is disobedient to Allah that is rebellious towards Allah. Meaning doesn't accept the command of Allah. He could be human and he could also be jinn. Alright? So for example, Iblis, when he refused to do sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, did he rebel? Yes. Did he disobey? Yes. So what did that make Iblis then? It made him shaitan. Okay. There were some jinn who came to the Prophet ﷺ, they embraced Islam, Okay, Now, those jinn, would you call them shaitan? No, you wouldn't call them shaitan. Why? Because they weren't disobedient, they weren't rebellious, rather they were believers. 
So there are a couple of things that we learn over here. Before I summarize, one more example. Abu Jahl. When he disbelieved and when he came to battle against the Prophet ﷺ, when he came and he put that heavy you know, intestines and such things from the camel on to the Prophet ﷺ when he was prostrating, and him and his companions had a good laugh watching the Prophet ﷺ struggling to breathe. Abu Jahl, what do these actions make him? A shaitan, right? Why? Because he was disobedient and he was rebellious. So, what do we learn from this? That first of all, a shaitan could be human being and it could also be a jinn. But which human being, which jinn is shaitan? Which one? The disobedient, rebellious one. Alright. Then we also learn over here that every jinn is not shaitan. Okay? Every jinn is not shaitan. And human beings can also be shaitan. In Surah An-Nas, what do we say? قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَاهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ You're seeking refuge with Allah from shaitan, right? And at the end, what do you say? That are from the jinn and also from men, also from people. So shayateen al-insi wal-jinn. There were enemies of the Prophet. Some were human beings and some were jinn. What did they do? Yuhi. He inspires. Yuhi from wauhaya, wahyun, which is to secretly indicate, to communicate secretly. You know, one is that you communicate with someone out loud. Okay, out loud. Is that wahi? No. Another is that you communicate with someone in writing. Is that wahi? No. Another is that, you know, through the eyes, okay, just with the eyes, you manage to convey a message to the other person. Like some people do in class. That if somebody walks in, they're like, you know, with their eyes, they're communicating with the other. So a secret indication that everybody doesn't find out about, all right, this is called wahi. So yuhi, he inspires بعضهم, some of them, إلى بعضهم to others. Meaning, the jinn, they inspire to human beings, and human beings, they inspire to other human beings. What do they inspire? Negative speech. Negative things. Hmm? False things about the messenger. How? In the form of زُخْرُفَ الْقَوْلِ Decorative speech. Why? Gurura in delusion, meaning in order to deceive. So what do we see here? That a prophet of Allah, when he comes to deliver the message of Allah before the people, what happens? There are some people who will become enemies to him. But how does this enmity begin? This enmity begins by the shayateen and the ins, inspiring to each other, what? Decorative speech in delusion. What does it mean by this decorative speech? Zukhruf al-qawl. The word zukhruf, it means decoration. Zukhruf, zaykha rafa, is from four letter root. And it means anything that is used for beautifying or decorating something. Gold is also called zukhruf. Why do you think so? Why do you think gold is called zukhruf? What could be the reason? 
Is it just because there's so much gold out there, they're like, might as well put it on hands. Yeah? Is that the reason? People, people don't know what to do with gold, so they say, okay, we'll just make jewelry out of it. Is that the reason? What's the reason? Exactly. It is for the purpose of beautification. Whether somebody wears it on their ears, or on their fingers, or on their wrist, wherever they wear it, what's the objective? Beautification. Just like that, flowers in a garden. What's the purpose? Beautification. Adornment. Decoration. Just like that, something on the wall. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Decoration. Alright? You know, for example, there could be something written in a very strange way and it's still put up on a wall. Do you read it every day? No, you don't. Perhaps you don't even know how to read it because it's so complicated. You know how sometimes Arabic is written in a very artistic way that everybody is not able to figure out what is written. So what's the purpose of that? Decoration. Okay, so this is what Zukhruf means. And Zukhruf al-Qawl, when the word Zukhruf is used for Qawl, it means a statement that is beautified. Or something that is beautified with words. Meaning in reality that concept is not actually beautiful. It's not actually good. It's not actually appealing. But the way it is presented, the kind of words that are used to describe it, they are very convincing. They are very appealing. So what happens? People, they get influenced immediately. You know, for example, if you sometimes read the ingredients of, let's say, a certain cereal. Okay? I remember somebody once told me there's perhaps more nutrition in the package than the cereal itself. Hmm? There's perhaps more nutrition in the box than the cereal itself. But what kind of words are used to make you buy that? Basically, it's sugar-coated, right? All those words and the kind of words that are used and the kind of advertisements that are shown on the television making you believe that even though you will have this sugary cereal every day in the morning, you will still stay smart and fit. And that your children will have all the energy in the world just because they had that cereal in the morning. I don't know how. I really don't know how. But these words, they're so beautiful. They're so appealing that... Everybody falls for it. People believe. So this is what Zuhruf al-Qawl means. Because if you were to present reality as it is, then would anybody listen to you? No. Would anybody buy your products? Never. They would never buy your products. So they're not really lying, but they exaggerate a few things, right? And they sometimes misrepresent things just so that you will believe in them. This is what Zukhruf al-Qawl means. I read a quote recently that advertising is the art of convincing people to spend money they don't have for something that they don't need. This is what advertising is. This is what marketing is. That somehow the kind of words that you use, the kind of things that you show, you make people believe that what you're telling them to buy is really, really good for them. Because if you were to tell them that this car is not good in this, 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 this. And compared to such and such vehicle, this car is like this, 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 this. If you portray all the bad qualities, will anybody buy that car? Never. But they want to show you that if you have this car, your family will be so happy. 
And if you have this car, you will have the most amazing trips, amazing road trips in this world. And if you have this car, you know, everything will be fine. Isn't it? This is what Zukhruf al-Qawl means. So Allah says over here that يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضٍ زُخْرُفَ الْقَوْلِ غُرُورًا The men and the jinn, they inspire to each other decorative speech in delusion. Meaning in order to deceive others. Let me present to you a picture. Imagine the Prophet of Allah is telling the truth to people. What happens? A person is listening. And the shaitan, obviously with every human being is a shaitan. He inspires to that person waswasa, so you can understand yuhi as you waswisu does waswasa. He does waswasa to his heart. This man is lying, but not just lying. A very decorative word, shair. He's a shair. He's a poet. Not just shair. He's a kahin. He's a soothsayer. Oh, he must be friends with the jinn, or he must be seeking. Worldly power and success. Okay. This waswasa, it stops that person from believing. Even though the truth is very clear. Will he believe? No, he won't. Alright, then what happens? Does this waswasa stay with him? No. He goes and tells his family and his friends the same thing. That I think this man is a liar. Kathib. But kathib becomes shair. And that becomes Kahin, big, big words. Alright? Big words, and as a result, what happens? People don't believe. And if you analyze these words, they have no reality. For example, something very common that the mushrikeen of Makkah spread about the Prophet ﷺ was that he is a poet. But was this Qur'an poetry? No. Did he ever say poetry before the Qur'an was revealed to him? No, he was not a poet. And you know that people don't become poets just all of a sudden. They always have some kind of inclination towards it, some sort, from the very beginning, and then it turns into, you know, something that's far more effective. But the Prophet ﷺ did not have any such background. So in reality, calling him a shair was a completely baseless thing. But the people said he was a shair, and as a result, they didn't believe, and they prevented so many others from believing. And all of this is what? Ghurur, deception. Because these words, they have no reality to them. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I was listening to a speaker and he said that three words, he gave an example that have been changed. One is, uh, alcohol is now called spirits. And dance and music is now called art. And usually, which sounds really bad, is actually now called interest. So these words, which sound so bad and people would normally you know, use them or whatever, they've been changed and modified so people think that it's a good thing. Yes. Think about it. Alcohol is called spirit. And when you think of the word spirit, you think about you know, yourself and your enthusiasm for something. So all of a sudden, it has a very positive connotation. Dance and music is called an art. Art. So all of a sudden, it seems innocent. It seems like fun. It seems like something that you should do. And one more thing, usury is called interest. So when you hear the word interest, you're like, yeah, it's in my best interest. I am interested in that. So when these words are changed in this way, something that was wrong seems to be so good and innocent and appealing. And you're like, yeah, why not? 
So over here, يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَىٰ بَعْضٍ زُخْرُفَ الْقَوْلِ غُرُورًا So they spread negative things about the Prophet, false propaganda, and it's all lies, but they're just presented in such a positive way, in such an impressive way, in such an appealing way, that people follow. وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ And if your Lord wanted, مَا فَعَلُوهُ مَا not فَعَلُوهُ They did it. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have stopped these people from spreading such false propaganda, about his messengers. But he let it happen. Why? Because he was going to test his messengers. And he was also going to test the people. That do they follow every impressive word? Or do they analyze it? They use their mind and their reason. You know, just like Tufail bin Amr al-Dawsi, a companion of the Prophet anhu, When he came to Mecca, this was at the time when he was a mushrik, he came to Mecca and People, they told him that, look, there is a poet over here in our city and he is very influential and make sure you don't even hear him, don't listen to him because he has split apart our community, he has broken our families and he has created a lot of chaos. He performed this weird kind of very effective magic. So be very, very careful. So they use Zukhruf al-Qawl. Okay? They exaggerated the matter of the Prophet ﷺ so much that they literally frightened Tufayl bin Amr al-Dawsi. What happened? He was so afraid, he actually stuffed his ears with cotton or wool just so that he wouldn't even accidentally listen to the Prophet ﷺ. So in other words, he put earplugs. Okay? And then he was doing tawaf of the Kaaba. And while he was doing tawaf, he thought to himself that I am you know, a person who has some intelligence at least. I know what is good and bad when it comes to poetry, right? And I know what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Why am I so afraid? If what this man says makes sense, I can accept it. And if what he says doesn't make sense to me, then I will reject it. You know, I'm not that impressionable, in other words. I have some reasoning. So he decided to listen to the Prophet ﷺ, and he did. And when he heard, he said, of course, this is the truth. He embraced Islam. And when he went back to his people, so many more embraced Islam. So this is the test. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows Zuhruf al-Qawl to be out there. Why? So that he tests people that which of them uses their mind and which of them just follows others blindly. And we are in that same test as well. Because sometimes it happens that somebody uses very impressive words, big words, big terms, or they take the names of big people and you're like, yeah, they must be saying the truth. And then we start listening to them. We start doing exactly what they're telling us. But if you analyze what they're saying, does it contradict the Qur'an or does it conform to it? Many times you'll see that what they're saying contradicts the Qur'an. But still people will follow them. Why? Because they speak so eloquently. They're so impressive. So this is the test that do you just follow blindly or do you use your mind? You know, this is just like little children. What happens? They see something on television and they're like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. But their parents know that the reality is very, very different. When they're promoting a certain product on television, what is it called? They're advertising a certain product. Infomercials. Hmm? For 30 minutes sometimes, you will see that same ad repeating again and again and again. And how? They will show testimonials 
and they will show this product you know is perfect for everything it'll solve all your problems if you buy this blender you'll become so healthy you just need to spend 19 right now and you'll become the healthiest person on this planet you'll be in shape because you'll be having all these great smoothies which this blender will allow you to have so what happens some people they're like yeah this is exactly what i want immediately they call and other people they're like let me just check consumer reports let me just check what others have to say about this hmm and then they do a little bit of research and then they find out that it's not as great as they presented so this is a test that do you just follow or do you use your mind In uh, my psych lecture uh, a week ago, my prof was saying how advertisement is basically they put something that you like, that they know that you, like for example, fruits. They look beautiful, they look delicious. And then they put things that you like beside things that they want you to buy. So that you, your mind unconsciously makes the connection that, oh, it's something I like, but something that I don't really know what it's about. And they just make you think that you do like it and that you do need it. Yes. And they make it so urgent that you have to buy now, otherwise you will lose this great chance. So many techniques are used. And just like in worldly matters, we try to be very cautious and we don't buy everything that's shown on television. Just like that, when it comes to the matters of religion, we shouldn't just accept anything that anyone is saying. Use your mind, use your reason that Allah has given you. Use the logic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with. Refer to the book of Allah. What does the Qur'an say about this? If it's according to the Qur'an, well and good. But if it contradicts the religion, then you're not going to take it. No matter what kind of argument another person can present. So, وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ مَا فَعَلُوهُ فَذَرْهُمْ So leave them, وَمَا and that which يَفْتَرُونَ They fabricate. Leave these people and all that they fabricate. What does it mean by this? That ignore the lies, ignore the rumors that they spread about you, ignore their false propaganda. If it was Allah's will, He could have stopped them. But He let it happen, let them be. Ignore them. You just focus on your work. There are people very active, you know, spreading false propaganda about you. You should become very active in what? In conveying the message. If you... start listening to them and you get bothered by them, you won't be able to do anything. Because it happens that if somebody is lying about you, spreading wrong things about you, if you start listening to them, if you start investigating, okay, so who found out? And what was said? And what exactly was mentioned? You will lose that you know, happiness from your heart. You will be worried, you will be sad, you will be depressed, you will be crying, and you cannot focus on your work anymore. So the Prophet ﷺ is told, ignore these people and just focus on your work. We can also apply this to our lives. That sometimes it happens that you're browsing something on the internet related to some research that you have to do for your homework or your assignment. And what happens? An advertisement on the side. So what happens? You click on that advertisement. And then there's a link. And then you go on that link. And then there's another link. And you go on that link. Where were you? I forgot. What were you researching? What were you reading? I forgot. How much time has gone by? Two hours. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Just like that. You're watching a video online. Hmm? Because somebody sent you an amazing lecture. Okay. 
So you watch 10 minutes of it. And then you're like, okay, let me just see what else is there. And on the side, there's so many suggestions. And you're like, okay, I wonder what this is. So you click and you watch 15 minutes gone there. And then you click another one, 10 minutes gone there. And then you click another one, 20 minutes gone there. And click another one, three minutes gone there. How much time is wasted like this? How much time is wasted like this? Hmm? And sometimes the kind of titles that are given, must watch, must listen. Hmm? No, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Your time is of more importance. So فَذَرْهُمْ Leave them. Don't fall for every advertisement. Don't fall for every propaganda. Use your mind. فَذَرْهُمْ وَمَا يَفْتَرُونَ Leave them and that which they fabricate. Wa and لِتَصْغَى So that it inclines. إِلَيْهِ to it. What inclines to it? أَفْئِدَةُ Hearts of who? الَّذِينَ Those people. La not yu'minuna they believe bil in the hereafter. Litasra is from the root letter sad rain ya. And sughu or sari means to incline towards something, to lean towards something. For example, it is said asra ila hadithihi that he was listening attentively to his speech, that he bent in order to listen. He came forward in order to listen. You know, it's like somebody is saying something and uh, you were working in the kitchen and you hear a word or two and you want to listen. So what do you do? You leave what you're doing and you go to them and you start listening. This is what sughub is. So litasra, it is inclined ilayhi to it afidatul ladina la yu'minuna bil akhirah. Whose hearts are inclined towards zukhruf al-qawl? Who takes interest in Zukhruf al-Qawl? Who gets affected by Zukhruf al-Qawl? Not everybody. Only those people who don't believe in the hereafter. Who have a non-serious attitude about the hereafter. Because when someone, their goal is just to have fun in this world. They just want to have a good time. They just want to enjoy. Then what happens? They take every opportunity to have fun. And if there is anyone who's talking about serious things, they don't want to listen to them. And if somebody tells them, you should not listen to this person who's reciting the Qur'an or who's teaching such and such, they're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is why it's amazing that people, they cling to those fatawa that they like, that allow them to do what they want to. Take the example of music for instance. Hmm? There are clear evidences in the Qur'an and Sunnah that prove that you know, musical instruments, they're not allowed. The only instrument that is permissible is which one? The daf. Clear ahadith and clear tafsir of the verses of the Qur'an that show that music is not allowed. And at the same time, there are people who say that it is allowed based on some evidences which are not that strong. But anyway, both of these opinions are there. Correct? Now there are some people who will say that so and so says music is allowed. And they take that opinion to heart. They follow it. But at the same time, that person also says other things and they don't follow them. Hmm? They will only take what they like. Why? Because they want to listen to music. They want to enjoy music. So who do they like? Those who tell them music is okay. And those who tell them music is not okay, they don't want to listen to them at all. 
In fact, majority of the people, they get affected by Zuhruf al-Qawl, but the one who believes in the hereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves him. وَلِيَرْضَوْهُ And so they are pleased with it. They are satisfied with it. They are happy with it. They're happy with what? That Zuhruf al-Qawl. So and so said, music is allowed. I'm very happy with this fatwa. وَلِيَقْتَرِفُ And so that they commit mad that which whom they muqtarifun ones who are committing. Meaning they can continue to commit what they were doing. They can continue to do what they were doing previously. Why? Because now someone said that you can do it. So hey, that's an evidence for me, that's a proof for me. I follow them, I will adhere to it. وَلِيَقْتَرِفُ مَا هُمْ مُقْتَرِفُونَ So such false speech, such words, they become a motivation for their evil deeds. They continue to do their evil deeds. But those who believe in the hereafter, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves them. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَلَوْ أَنَّنَا نَزَّلْنَا إِلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ وَكَلَّمَهُمُ الْمَوْتَى وَحَشَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ وَحَشَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ قُبُلًا مَا كَانُوا لِيُؤْمِنُوا إِلَّا مَا كَانُوا لِيُؤْمِنُوا إِلَّا أَن يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَهُمْ يَجْهَلُونَ وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًّا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ يُوحِي بَعْضُهُمْ إِلَى بَعْضٍ زُخْرُفَ الْقَوْلِ غُرُورًا وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ مَا فَعَلُوهُ فَذَرْهُمْ وَمَا يَفْتَرُونَ وَلِتَصْغَى إِلَيْهِ أَفْئِدَةُ الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ وَلِيَرْضَوْهُ وَلِيَقْتَرِفُوا وَلِيَقْتَرِفُوا مَا هُمْ مُقْتَرِفُونَ The word يَقْتَرِفُوا Muqtarifun from the root letters Qaf, Ra, Fa. And Qarf is to peel. And from this Iqtarafa is to acquire, to commit, to perpetrate. So they keep doing what they were doing previously because it becomes like an excuse for them. That's what they like. It conforms to their desires. And so they hold on to it. At the beginning of the surah we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has وَجَعَلَ الظُّلُمَاتِ he has made the darkness and the light. Both evil and good exist. Some people, they desire evil. They like that. So what happens? They hold on to it. 
And anyone who tells them, you can do it, they adhere very firmly to their words. Any, you know, slogan, any statement that promotes it, they follow that. And on the other hand, there are those who want good, those who seek goodness. So what happens? Even though there's so much evil out there, they will find that khayr. They will leave that evil and they will find that khayr. And that is what they will do and follow.